It is Sunday night, December 16th, 2018. We are not even two minutes post-WWE TLC, but we are up here giving you a recap. I am Don Tony, and he is... Kev Castle. What's up, everybody? No, what's going on? Nothing, just real you know, right right after we're right into it. Well, yeah, two minutes. Literally right two minutes. Pay-per-view just ended. And I tell you, my first reaction to the closeout of this pay-per-view is a scenario that you and I discussed last week and a scenario that we discussed about five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the scenario I had made about a month ago was to have Sasha Banks and Bailey traded to SmackDown, reunite the four horsewomen, and then you have the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen at WrestleMania. Right. Then last week when we were doing our predictions on the DTKC show, we, you and I both came up with this scenario that uh, when it came to the women's match, if Oscar were to win the title, then it leads you to two other scenarios possibly as well. Becky Lynch may be traded to Raw, or Becky Lynch wins the Royal Rumble, and in those two scenarios, she would face Ronda Rousey one-on-one at WrestleMania. So now, my question to you before we get into the recap is, now TLC is in the books, Mm -hmm. Oscar is your new SmackDown Women's Champion, Mm -hmm. what do you think is going to happen next as far as Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and SmackDown with regards to Ronda Rousey. Well, I don't know. Doesn't it kind of all depend what Vince McMahon does tomorrow night with the shakeup? Right. Well, what's your hunch? I mean, what, 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 uh, actually, is a better one. Dissolving, you, dissolving what, the brands uh, where everybody can appear on both shows is what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, I was going to say, what would you like to see? I want to see the brands dissolve, too. Raw needs some help. There's too many people out with injuries at Raw. They need the help. They need to stop power from SmackDown. Let guys interchange, go for titles. Let Ronda Rousey appear on SmackDown. It'll cause a lot more excitement for fans, especially with the Fox thing coming. I'm sure there's pressure all around. It's not just a fan narrative of... uh, you know, the W's laughing at us that the ratings are bad. They they have to do something about the bad ratings and the bad vibes that are coming for that Monday Night Raw show. I hope there is a shakeup, and I hope that means Raw and SmackDown people can interact with each other, and this counts and that counts. And we could see Ronda, Becky, Charlotte go after each other on both programs and have a, a three-way match that's inevitable, I think. Kev, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are a little bit older than a lot of our listeners out there, and we have watched our share of TV going back to when we were kids and watched Schoolhouse Rock and Saturday morning cartoons and wrestling and sitcoms Mm -hmm. from Miami Vice to Seinfeld to L.A. Law to all the shit that we get today. Why do networks usually cancel uh, syndicated series, sitcoms, you know, any type of TV series. What's usually the number one reason why a series is canceled? Well, according to Sybil Shepherd, it's not giving it up to uh, Les Moonves. Well, yeah, that's oh, no, the exception okay. to the rule. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, that's going to only spark something with our older fans. So who the hell is Sybil Shepherd? Yeah. Um, because uh, lack of interest, it runs its course. They start adding new children to fix the problem and nobody wants to watch anymore. It runs its course. Right. But what would be the reason why a network would drop a, a series? What's the number one reason that they usually do it? Like when we hear that a series is Rated, dropped. Bad, poor ratings. Thank you. And 
I, everyone out there, when you hear us constantly criticizing other shows and websites out there, this weekend is the quintessential example of what we're talking about. There's a big story going around that, and you're more than welcome to read it everywhere, hear it everywhere. And every time you see it, just remember this conversation. There's a big story going around the wrestling podcast and website land that Fox has told WWE that they better keep good ratings. Between you and I, Kev, is that news or is that common fucking sense? It's common sense. Common sense. It's about ratings. If everyone out there that thinks that ratings don't matter and this, 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 and that, I mean, what you're experiencing on Raw right now, lowest ratings in history, you know, we've been joking for the last five or six weeks that maybe Vince will come back and how many times over the last month and a half have I been doing a, we're going to shake it up. And yeah. now we have Vince coming back tomorrow too. Shake it up. You think they would do that if things were copacetic right now? Right before the Royal Rumble? Right before WrestleMania? You usually shake it up after WrestleMania. When no, the season it was a, it was a move, yeah, it was a move that had to be made. It, oh, yes, absolutely. But I tell you, I like your idea of dissolving the roster split. The reason, because it makes sense. You have more mainstream stars commingling on SmackDown. It'll spike up ratings even more for Fox, and that's a wonderful thing. The negative side of it is, what do you do with the dual titles, the Raw women's title, the universal title? I mean, you're going to have to dissolve a couple of titles as well. And in this era where everybody gets a title, everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a record, you know, even outside of wrestling now, everybody gets a fucking, you know, award. Oh, inspiration for this, inspiration for fat, inspiration for fucking this. You know, I mean, come on. So I like the idea. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I'll tell you the scenario that I would like to see is the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen because it guarantees eight people in a main event match or one of the main event matches at WrestleMania. I like the idea of Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. I would prefer to see it headline the next women's pay-per-view right. uh, or maybe the Royal Rumble, which I think is a little too soon. I don't know if I want it to main event a WrestleMania because I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're getting some slack online because of. You being real. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to say it like this. I, I'm enjoying it, though. I'll be honest with you. It's not like the Roman Reigns thing. I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to say it like this. I have been a big supporter of Becky for a while. We used to make fun of her mumble mouth when she first came in, but I've been talking about, you know, supporting Evolution, you know, right after her beginning of the feud with Charlotte. You know, Mission and I had that long conversation and we said, you know, she should be the Daniel Bryan, the Steve Austin, this, this and that. Not, not the character or the gimmick, but just that connection yeah. with the fans. That's what's missing, the connection with the fans. Right. WWE got a very bad um, wake-up call today regarding Dean Ambrose and that storyline with Seth Rollins. Oh, God, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you look at it. Dean Ambrose did three fucking Titantron pre-recorded videos out of four months. I mean, out of four weeks. Yeah. Seth Rollins is in Saudi Arabia. Dean Ambrose doesn't attack him. Seth Rollins was on the last pay-per-view. 
Dean Ambrose doesn't attack him. Three weeks straight where you expect, you know, them to really go at it and build up this heat so they have this fucking hardcore match at TLC and almost every week it's a pre-recorded thing. He's throwing shit in the, in the fucking fire. He's on a Titantron video. He's fucking in a doctor's office. And even though we don't see Goofy Rollins, we have Goofy Rollins. It's just the storyline was goofy. There was no heat to it. And the problem is, with the exception of maybe Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, Nobody wants to see a methodical match with Seth Rollins. Energy, falls, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan type of rapido, rapido, andre, andre. You know, it's just fast pace. They don't want this fucking methodical, slow, you know, just back and forth. Yeah. The heat was never built. I'm sorry. You bring up Roman Reigns and leukemia, that's not enough. And what did you get today? This is boring. This yeah, is man. boring. Actually, even some Becky chance during the match, which is yeah. You know, you don't want to get to your top guys. Jeez. When was the last yeah. time you had methodical Rollins in matches? Yeah, you don't. He's supposed no. to be the well, he's the architect. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the answer with that. The last time was when John, John, yeah, I John. Yeah. I mean, you had a little bit of energy here and there, but. This was a disaster today with those two. And the WWE, this is what happened. And you know why? Because even though kids may not nitpick or really dissect storylines, yeah. it's an emotion. It's a reaction. And when he first turned on Seth Rollins, and then for three or four weeks, remember when we said, he speaks, it took him three fucking weeks to speak. I'm sorry, that's not enough. To all of a sudden generate heat. Okay, you know, he turned on Seth. Uh, you know, he said that thing about Roman. Uh, it's not enough. Right. And that's what we got tonight. But getting back to Becky, um, you know, I would rather see four horsemen, women versus four horsewomen simply because you get eight women in the match. Elevates Sasha a little bit. Elevates Bailey a little bit. Um, it allows and you. Good. Uh, I'm saying, though, but DT, doesn't it bother you that the other two, most people can't even name who they are? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Marina Shaver and Jessam, Jessam Bell, Jessamine, doesn't what's matter. her name? Doesn't Dude, I'm not even being a dick. I don't know their names. It, do it doesn't matter because you could see tonight that Ronda Rousey, uh, their team will likely be the heel faction of the deal. Yeah. And when they're the heel faction, you know, you, you're not going to really care as much as far as name value goes. You just want to see the, you know, the Becky's team to beat the fuck out of Ronda's team. Yeah, but, but they, it, it should be notable players. Right. Yeah. Getting back to me defending you for a minute, you know, I speak mm -hmm. my mind and it does piss off a lot of people, including podcasters and friends and, you know, right. you too. Uh, but I'll say this. I think Becky Lynch is the most over woman in the WWE right now, more than Ronda Rousey, easily. All right. Becky Lynch is very, very popular. But the problem is, is that hardcore fans are, of WWE are really into Becky Lynch right now. It's not generating fans to come back and tune in more. If anything, it's doing the opposite. It's not her fault. I think, right. you know, putting, you know, you know, the Dana Brooke and Amber Moons and all the others, even though they're talented, I think they're, they're just oversaturation of women. 
Right. And then the kicker, two, two weeks ago, all the fucking websites made it a headline story. Becky Lynch's uh, VIP appearance sold out. And I posted the clip earlier to, you know, piss off. No, some, yeah, to piss off some haters. You know, what everybody seemed to forget, it was the presale. No. And when you have a presale, you don't know how many tickets were released in advance. You exactly. can release 10 and it sells out in two seconds. Oh, my God. So what happens as of earlier today? There were tickets still on sale to see Becky. Of course there were. So WWE is really um, magnifying and trying to overblow Becky Lynch's popularity. She is, again, want people to take a step back for a minute. I'm a big supporter of hers. I've defended her for months and months and months. I defended Evolution from the beginning. You know, I, I, I am a supporter of her. I like her. She's my favorite woman on the WWE roster right now. But when you look at the ratings and you see SmackDown under 2 million, you don't have casual fans tuning in to see Becky. When her quarter hour comes and goes and you see that it's not the strongest quarter hour, you know, you have to take a little notice to it. Somebody in the WWE has to be majorly over with fans. This, yeah. is, this is not an indie show. Having a wrestler tremendously over has been since the beginning of time. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, my God, <laughs> Becky Lynch. You know, when we heard earlier, um, I think it was uh, Corey Graves had made a comment that they never saw anyone rise to this popularity ever with Becky Lynch. Hmm. What are you basing that on? Exactly. You know what I mean? It, you know, if, if, if I have a baseball team that used to draw 60,000, 50,000 every game and now only drew... 8,000. Now all of a sudden it goes from 8,000 to 13,000. All right, give her credit for it. But it's not 60,000. So when you say, oh, I've never seen anybody, what are you talking about? So things like that are telltale signs they're really overemphasizing her well, po the popularity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that's what other podcasts are doing. It's completely, it's just start a Becky fan club podcast. If you're not going to give credit to anybody else or make these claims and there's no, and there are still massively roped off and Roman drapes, whatever you want to call them, uh, sections uh, on SmackDown, that means the tickets are not selling. They are live entertainers. Why are people not wanting to come out to see her perform live in her craft? Social media popularity is perfectly fine. But I, from what I understand, when Kim Kardashian posts something, but when Kim Kardashian makes an appearance, there's lines two miles long down the block to get her fucking autograph. Yeah. So people do want to see people. And I just, I, I, that is why the DTKC show is the best and super close second. Because we have different, you know, we can agree and disagree, but we're going to tell it like it is. And we're not going to be one side reporting to a rah-rah thing to cheer on somebody. DT, even back in the day, we dared to question certain things about Steve Austin and the rock when it was not especially steve austin when it was not the popular thing to do mm -hmm. you got heat for it but you you took you had to do the pluses and minuses and i just think a lot of podcasts are not doing that there's you know i think becky if she ran for president right now i really think she could win yeah. based are you hear that kind of craziness coming out of podcasts i'm like who are you talking about i mean where's what is that based on she sold out access in nine minutes i'm like but th that doesn't mean anything you know I mean, what are you that? talking about you know why why you know why, why DT? Because it's driving me nuts. I'll tell you why they do it. Now, before I, before I say anything, mm -hmm. the end result of what we're saying right now about Becky is everyone out there, we're not criticizing her at all. We're not downplaying 
We're criticizing the people over. All we're saying to everyone is keep it in In perspective. perspective. That's it. Keep it in perspective. Now, the reason why a lot of these shows do it, I'll tell you the reason why. You have a brand new podcast, okay? Very, very small group of listeners, all right? You go on an epic rant. Two, Two people go on two epic rants on your podcast. Right. One or actually I got a better one. Got two brand new podcasts. Side by side, you have two different people. You know, both have great sounding voices, very very intelligent, and they both cut epic rants. One epic rant just puts Becky Lynch as the prime minister of the fucking world right now. And then the other podcast complains and says Becky Lynch is, you know, nothing spectacular and this is an ad or she's just average. Well, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sold on her yet. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is. Which one, which one right now is going to get more listeners? I'd want, but see, I'm coming from a real fans perspective. I'd want diverse opinion. I don't want a one-sided rah-rah fest. To me, that's boring. That's like someone who insists that the, the Mets are still the best despite coming in second to last. It's, I get your fandom and I get your dedication to your favorite. But even I wasn't that into Roman Reigns. I have this clips of me. Kevin Castle admits Roman Reigns is not the guy. Exactly. There's a time to fucking pros and cons pluses and minuses this is our strengths this is a little bit questionable what the fuck is wrong with analysis it's, like it's all about people? getting attention if, right. if i praise the fuck out of becky lynch i will get a, a guaranteed core group that will go along with it and love it and agree with it blah 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 blah. see braun Strowman. yeah braun Strowman was on a pay-per-view today and we'll give everyone the quick results in a moment yeah, we'll, because we'll quite right, honestly right. when we get into the recap I mean, uh, with the exception of a couple of matches, nothing really stood out. You know, they, a lot of matches did not have the signature moment that you remember from the match. Later on in the night, you did. But going through a lot of these matches are going to be boom, quick, quick, quick. But see Braun Strowman, yeah. four weeks ago, five weeks ago, they did that storyline where his um, elbow got injured. He had to get surgery, clean it out, blah, 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 blah. That following week... We went on our show and we told everyone, because I remember whispering it, and I did it three different times over the last four or five weeks. I said, everyone, don't worry. Braun Strowman will be at TLC. And even last week I said, Baron Corbin is going to tell the referee to count down. He's going to tell JoJo to announce him the champ. And then all of a sudden Braun Strowman's going to, music is going to hit. Braun's going to win. And then even over the weekend, I said, Vince tomorrow will probably go on, on Raw, go up to Baron Corbin and say, Baron Corbin, yeah, fired. I mean, I, I mean, you see it a mile away, but we've been saying this for five weeks. What do a majority of podcasts and websites do for five weeks? Braun Strowman, don't know if he's going to appear. Maybe Bray Wyatt's going to appear in his place. Oh, Braun Strowman's not going to appear. I wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to do a swerve? Are we going to see somebody come back? They're just doing it to try to get interest in what they're saying because if you say five weeks ago, Braun will be fine for TLC. Right. 
then what else do you do? Repeat the same thing for five weeks. So for five weeks, reportedly, Braun Strowman is not cleared. Probably Braun Strowman will appear. As of right now, things are still up in the air. No, it was never up in the air. Braun Strowman was appearing. The whole storyline of Baron Corbin for the last month is what we've been telling everybody for a month. Make his work so piss poor abysmal that when Braun Strowman does come back and dethrones Baron Corbin as the GM, it'll make Braun Strowman look 10 times better than he did before because thank you Strowman thank you Strowman I mean that's what you got he, he right. came back and basically WWE you ever hear on the news about a firefighter who uh, is uh, he rescues people he puts out fires he's a hero and then mm -hmm. you find out two or three years later he gets arrested why was he arrested because some of the fires that he put out he started True. Yeah, so right. so basically, WWE started a fire. So when Braun puts it out, he looks like the mega hero. And that's what you got. And for people who are trying to throw in my face tonight saying, oh, he wasn't cleared. He was wearing a sling. That is for fucking optics tonight. They wanted the optics that he, look, he's still not cleared to compete, but it's a no disqualification match, so I can have everyone else do my dirty work. But meanwhile, yeah. they're telling you he's going to be wrestling Brock in a month. True. So, you know, just everyone out there that I said, when you see reportedly, supposedly, probably, those are people that are just coming up with shit to try to get attention to their sites. This, right. Especially this article about Fox with ratings. I mean, that is just fucking TV 101. You're not going to give a, a company, an entertainment company, hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever it is, and then have piss poor ratings. It's just yeah. fucking ridiculous. And if you think that Vince is just coming tomorrow just to shake it up because, you know, it's just to make it more interesting for WrestleMania, no. The fucking ratings are in the toilet. True. You think WWE yeah. ex expected ratings to go to record lows because they put Baron Corbin in charge? No, they thought Ronda Rousey being on the card, Seth Rollins, the architect. Oh, my God, Seth Rollins' main event garnered the lowest rating in history. Yep. How could that happen? Seth Rollins is the fucking number one wrestler in the world. Uh, not generating the interest. If you don't have a good movie script... You could have Academy Award winning actors and actresses be in a movie and still generate gots in the movie theaters. Of course, DT. I mean, even George Clooney and Brad Pitt have movies that don't that almost go straight to uh, the Blu-ray. They don't even uh, they don't even make the theaters. Yeah. I mean, it depends because someone says this is shit. We can't put this out. But unfortunately, WWE has puts it out live. You know, what I mean, they don't have the luxury of scrapping it, putting it on the shelf, and putting it as a video extra. Right. You know, it's a it's a show that they got to air. Baron Corbin thing had that move had to be made. It had to be made. But they created it. They created it. To make the yeah. move. They started the fire to put it out. It, it's almost, again, it's almost a carbon copy of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That, or even after WrestleMania, that they made us so upset and fed up with Brock Lesnar never defending the fucking title that they expected that by the time Roman Reigns mm. fights for that belt, we would take the idea, you know what, at least he's going to defend it every week. 
take right. it off of Lesnar, put it on fucking Doink the Clown if you want. Just put <laughs> it on someone where we could see a title match once in a while. Yeah. And that's what they did, and the fans still weren't into it. And look who has the belt now, and look who's not defending it now. It is not Brock Lesnar's fault for the 888th time. These fucking websites, oh, he never shows up. WWE is the one that's hat keeping him home. That's the contract that they worked out. So, yeah, and it just shows you that the state that they're in, that they had to go with the the, the less of almost, you know, having, there's not even two evils. There's, there's only one way. There's only one way to go. You Seth, know, there really is. Seth Rollins does an interview. Oh, you know, I, I'm I'm pissed off that we have a heavyweight champion and never defends the belt. And then people are like, yeah, you know, he's right. Said, no, this is WWE's fucking fault. WWE is the one that inked the contract, put the belt on a guy that only works a couple of dates a year. Yeah. It's all WWE. It's nobody else. It's all WWE that put Baron Corbin as the Raw GM. It's all WWE all right, that put Baron Corbin in seven different segments on a Monday Night Raw. Baron Corbin didn't just show up at the fucking arena a couple of weeks ago and say, hey, everyone, I'm going to come out at 8 o'clock, 815, 835, 903, 940, 1017, 1041, 1058. Yeah. No, he fucking shows up at the building and they fucking have the sheet and the script and all that other stuff and it shows the segments and the times and... WWE Creative wrote Corbin, 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 Corbin. Yeah. So please, everyone, you know, I I know suspension of disbelief is what we want. And, you know, bless your souls out there. Bless your little hearts who think some of these spats between wrestlers on Twitter is legit and stuff like that. <laughs> if that was legit, you'd have WWE putting, bringing them into the fucking office and saying, look, Stop fucking fighting with each other. I don't care how much entertaining it is or it's a storyline or you're trying to get yourselves over. All right, you, they're not going to really fucking start hating on each other and shitting on each other. You don't do that to fellow employees. Well, like the, exactly like the one, and I got heat for, and by the way, I didn't defend Corey Graves uh, when hit Becky called him Bobby Heenan Light. People, I think, actually think that's real. Yeah, you know I mean, it's not yeah. real. Matter of fact, there's pictures of Corey Graves traveling with Becky Lynch, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who's the idiot? You don't have a soap opera, General Hospital, exactly. where they're doing storylines on TV. And then all of a sudden you have a couple of actors and actresses going rogue on Twitter and yeah. fucking starting to shit on each other. And then they go to the fucking movie, the, the company that's producing their TV show and they say, but no, we're just having fun. We thought that, you know, this might be interesting. You're, you're interfering with the fucking script that we have for the next year. You think all these wrestlers know what, what's in the plans in WWE's exactly. mind for the next year? They don't know every little thing. So, no, people are not going to go into business for themselves because they think it's a great storyline. Wrestlers do realize, though, that you know if they drop the ball, if they don't figure out a way to get themselves over, someone is waiting to take their spot. That is real. Yes, that is very real. But you're not you're not going to all of a sudden start fucking with fellow employees and talking shit, talking smack, you know, on your own because hey, it's we're gonna fool them. It's great TV. And what happens if the person receiving it is not happy with it? 
That's true. No, exactly. Like I said, that interaction to me between Graves and Becky was obviously staged, and so many people took it took it legit. It was so ridiculous. It's like you're an announcer, dude. You're messing with the top star in the WWE. Who do you think is going to win this? Yeah. I was like, he's not in any kind of trouble for saying anything to it. He's, I mean, and it's not little kids, DT. By the way, these I know, are older I fans. It. I see it. These, these aren't children. My wife works in the same company with me, and Ugh. and someone decides they're going to have some fun on Twitter because they think it's just going to generate more buzz, and my yeah. wife's not aware of it, and that person's talking to me. I punch him in the fucking mouth. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm serious, and I'm not, and I don't want to be. Oh, you, yeah, I dare you. You know, it's the point is you don't, you just don't. You're not a writer. These wrestlers yeah. are not writers. All right, they're given a role. And then they have to act out that role to the best of to their ability, and it's their job to get over with the crowd. It's not, oh, you know, let me do this, 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 and this, and let's hope WWE's going to like it. This ain't fucking Austin. This isn't Rock. It isn't Hogan. It's not. No. No. You just want to believe that and bless your little souls, you know, for believing that. Exactly but my point. Keep things mm -hmm. in perspective, everyone. Keep it in perspective. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. I like a lot of the interaction online, but don't get fooled by a lot of it because you know what happens mm -hmm. i'll tell you exactly what happens everyone and i'll leave you with this and we'll get into it remember when ronda rousey first came in and you had all those women in the wwe tweeting that you know that she is not welcome and she's not one of us and yeah. all everyone out there i'm sure you remember it's not too long ago and you had all those fucking people saying all this shit about ronda rousey we came up here repeatedly and told everyone don't fucking believe it. They're training with her. They're helping her. They know that she's a, a star. She's working her ass off to get herself over and to really pay her dues and the beatdown that she got, you know, with, with Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, so, and what happened? We got to see these WWE 24s and these behind-the-scenes stuff months later. And what do you see? All the women hugging Ronda. All of them hanging out with Ronda. Even if the clip had nothing to do with Ronda, you see her in the back having a cup of coffee with four of the other women happy, laughing and giggling. You know, it, it's you, you don't buy into it. You could have fun, get the suspension of disbelief, but if you're going to base fucking your articles and arguments and podcasts and websites about it, go find a mate, go get laid, and go find something else to do. I know, you know, the, the, the attention that you crave is addicting, and sometimes it's like a drug, but if you're yeah. going to be fooled at little things like that, you need to find a different thing to do. Or report them as, as, as some sort of reality, which is even more disturbing. Yeah. You know? Did you see what Becky Lynch said to co putting Corey Graves in his place as an announcer? I, I just, I, sometimes I can't take it anymore, DT. I'm like, my God, thank God we have our own show. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you know, when, I know for some listeners out there, many times you get annoyed when I say goofy podcasters and, you know, these wackos, these websites and all this other stuff. I've been saying it for a long time. It's just now it's getting a thousand times worse because of YouTube. It's yep. because of YouTube, number one, because of YouTube and because of, you know, so little options as far as mainstream wrestling goes. New Japan is great. Lucha Underground is great. Ring of Honor is great to a certain extent. MLW is de decent. But their core audience is one one thousandth 
of WWE. But once YouTube stopped generating revenue for a lot of wrestling shows out there, they are desperate to try to get anybody to tune into their shit so they can fucking not necessarily make money, but just fucking try to pay bills and hosting and this and that. YouTube taking away that revenue made people desperate. And now it's, you see it with fake news. Like they'll take things that they want to see happen and they'll report it as if it's going to happen. You know, Donald Trump is going to be impeached or this is going to lead to this. This is, What are you basing it on? You know, if, if, if you, if you want to see that happen, I respect it. At least have the balls to say you want to see that happen. Don't fucking take because this Cohen guy, uh, you know, pled guilty to things and then 90% of his jail time has nothing to do with Trump. Lying to Congress got with two months out of the 36 months. But because you don't like Trump, this is going to lead to this. And it, 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 What are you basing it on? Did you read testimony? Did you see proof? Did you hear proof? No. You hear other people do This is the same thing with wrestling websites, just not to that level of Trump and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, happy birthday, Justin Rebstock, and also happy birthday to Melissa's husband. husband, Don't know his name, but I know they were listening and they tune into the show and they're listening tonight. Happy birthday. WWE TLC pre-show. Jonathan Coachman, David Otunga, Booker T, and Sam Roberts were your hosts. We had, uh, you know, your usual backstage segments and, you know, ma- match hypes for all the, for the entire card. The two pre-show match matches tonight was Cedric Alexander losing to Buddy Murphy and Elias defeating Lashley. And uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy was, was a, a decent match, but there was really nothing that really stood out with it. Uh, you do a poll, greatest matches of the night, I'd be surprised if it got 2%. It wasn't bad. They worked their asses off, but it wasn't a match that was going to get much time. That's why it was a pre-show match. Right. Elias versus Laley. Laley. Lashley. <laughs> Laley. I, Lashley uh, was a disappointment because we all thought that the guitar was going to be suspended in the air and the first person that gets the guitar could use it. Then all of a sudden, they announce... And then they may have announced this the other day, but maybe we just didn't all pay attention to it. But the first person that grabs the guitar wins. Right. Oh, come on, man. If I'm fucking doing XFL and we're both scrambling, running down the field to try to grab the football, you know, you grab the football and then you start playing the game. You don't grab the football. and Oh, game over. He won. You know, yeah. if, if I'm fucking fighting someone and we're trying to both grab the same gun, I don't grab the gun. I win. No, I want to fucking grab the gun and then blow your brains out. You know, the fucking guitar, he grabs a guitar and he wins. It was just like a low-budget title match. You know, they suspend the title up in the air. Oh, let's suspend the guitar. It was just, it was cheesy. Uh, Elias got the win back. Lashley, I don't know why I keep saying Laley. (laughs) Lashley, uh, you know, got a little bit of revenge at the end. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that Elias got the win uh, it was very lopsided up until now, and, uh, you know, we, we had what we had. Then the pay-per-view started. We had the mixed match challenge. Um, you know, you could thank some of the people online who have been ripping the shit out of Carmella that, yeah. you know, all she does is dance because, you know, now WWE is like, okay, we'll show you, and they they fucking went, won the mixed match challenge. 
I'm happy for our truth that he's getting some exposure. He's a good guy. I met him a long time ago. Doesn't mean all of a sudden he's a great guy on the outside. I mean, everybody that you hear that interacts with him, they say nothing but great things about him. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who's good friends with him. Yeah, and um, they want it. You know, but at the very end, you know, they win a free trip. You know, no more money to charity or anything like that. Now it's free, a free trip. And then because of the whole gimmick with R-Truth being a little bit stupid, uh, he decided to choose that they were going to go on their vacation to, to the WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> Jeez, I know. Yeah. That was a little rough. That was a little rough to watch. Yeah, I mean... You know, look, nothing, nothing against Alicia Fox and nothing against Carmel. I don't dislike them personally, but seriously, you know, is that going to fucking generate any ratings whatsoever? You did this entire mixed match challenge. All right. I understand the ending is fun. You got people dancing. You feel good at the end. You smile. But mean, Minga, after the fucking match is over and Carmel is on the mic and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, where are we going? Where are we going? Fucking, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, the crowd was dead. I, I would have swapped that out for Elias and Nell Ashley to open up. At least Elias could have did his, you know, intro, walk with Elias, get the crowd going. Uh, I, I would have swapped that match out. I was surprised that that match made the cut to open the show. Very surprised. Yeah, I mean, you know, Carmella, I just, I'm not a fan of hers. I have none against her personally. I just, I'm not a fan of her work. And they're pushing her, and she's winning this mixed match challenge. And I'm sorry, you look at the ratings, even for the mixed match challenge, and they've been abysmal. You think that maybe you need to go a different direction with this instead of fucking stopping with the feel-good moments? The nanny match. When the nanny yeah. match first started... I got mad because my prediction was way off. And then this is why I don't like to do pay-per-view predictions. Remember that thought when we get to the natty match. But uh, by, the, by the way, I won tonight to that. Uh, oh, good. Okay. Yeah, me, me and Joey numbers tied. All right, cool. Yeah. Byron Saxton. First time. Was, cool. Byron Saxton <laughs> was sick. Yeah. David Otunga filled in with him for him on the SmackDown side. Otunga did a decent job. Yeah, he was okay. He was the third wheel. I mean, that's all he needed to do, and he's improved in his yeah, commentary. Yeah, I like David. He's all right. Yeah. Next, we had Usos versus The Bar versus New Day. Um, I tell you, I, I don't think it was any surprise that The Bar was going to retain. Um, I, I just, again, you know, putting Usos against New Day, after all of this time, I still go back to that moment where they showed respect to each other in the ring, they should not have interacted with each other, with the exception of house shows, for the foreseeable future, and they just keep going back to this and going back to this. This is not going to be the Hardys versus Dudleys versus Edge and Christian reincarnated. They're three excellent tag teams, but this is just overkill. The Usos have been in quicksand. For quite some time. Do you feel like the Usos are on any momentum whatsoever? No, and they were last year at this time, they were called the greatest tag team in wrestling, let alone the WWE. And uh, uh, they are great, but they're, they have no moment, ah, momentum at the moment. Um, I don't think they know what to do with them. No. And I, I was I was happy to see the bar win. I, I predicted they win, but only because they lose so much. And I'm like, they got to give them something. These mm -hmm. are two, you know, major stars, and they got to win. But the Usos, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. That's why I'm hoping for the uh, uh, 
end to the brand split where the Usos can come and compete on Raw and, and go against Bob, maybe, uh, you know, some other different tag teams and get a little bit more interest in them again. Yep. Next. I don't want to see them go solo, DT. That I can tell you. I don't want no, to see those No, no. I, I would really huh. like to see fucking Big E get possibly get a heavyweight title run. You know, whether it's the Universal title or the WWE title, I just can't believe that they haven't. You know, and, and again, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, they're not going to break up New Day. Uh, Ric Flair was a heavyweight champ for many, many years, and he was still a member of the Four, Horsewoman, Four Horsemen. Yeah. You know, so please, you know, they, they don't have to split up. All right. And not only that, here's, a, here's some breaking news. Tag team matches are usually two on two. So right. you can have Big E go for a heavyweight title and still have two members of New Day competing in tag team matches. So That's it's true. just... But as far as the Usos, you take away the New Day in the bar. Do you feel like there's any other tag team that you feel like they can mix it up and possibly have a WrestleMania match against right now? I don't even feel it with no. Gallows and Anderson. No, and I like Gallows and Anderson. I again, they they just these teams are so stuck. And it, the problem DT also is in the fans' eyes, these teams are dead in the water. Yeah, you know, what I mean, you could say, well, look, they revived Oscar's career tonight. Well, that's a little bit different. Well, tag teams are harder to get. Uh, you know, interest back in. That's like, I'd really like to see Sanity rebooted or the Wyatt family rebooted. Uh, I don't know if the fa- if the fans just look at them and go, eh, I gave them a chance. I don't believe in them anymore. And, and you know, I'll, yeah. give, I'll give myself a little pat in the back. Last year, when mm-hmm. Elias was going nowhere, I told everyone, be patient. Don't no, you be- told me because he was yeah. one of my favorites. So yeah. I told everyone, be patient. Don't let you know. It's better that WWE doesn't blow their load before WrestleMania because because there's so many other people ahead of them on the food chain. Give it time, give it time, give it time, and we got it. And mm-hmm. who did I say that about earlier this year? Oscar. Yep. Everybody was saying Oscar's career is fucked. It's tainted. It's garbage now. They should release her. Let her go back to Japan. Oh, she's <laughs> she's not being pushed. This was the she's, best one. She's dancing with. <laughs> yeah. She the best one was she's not being pushed because Vince doesn't like that she don't speak English, but yet you give her a multi-year undefeated streak. Royal uh, Rumble winner. Yeah. My God, what the fuck is wrong with you people out there? Not the listeners, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, next match, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. Again, if you've been listening to our show the last month, what happened tonight is what we said. The only thing that was added to it was a couple of people were around ringside that uh, Corbin has done wrong to. Uh, you had Finn Balor at ringside. Uh, you had Heath Slater, who was the, the referee, but then decided he was going to take some shots at Corbin. Then put that the was ref- that was a cool that was a cool moment. Yeah, I thought though. it was great. I liked, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it was funny to see Chad Gable out there, you know, getting revenge on Corbin because he felt slighted. And I'm saying to myself, aren't you a tag team champion right now? Yeah, but I guess before that they weren't. But Bobby Roode too. It's funny those guys actually looked like they were enjoying being in a major angle. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bobby Roode looked like, I got the tag belt. I'm in this big, I'm beating down Corbin. I'm back, baby. He almost had that look on his yeah. face, like, I am out of the doghouse. Yeah. Um, and it was fun to see. Uh, and even Balor got involved, and I was surprised because then Balor had to come out, you know, fresh for his match with, uh, with. Um, I was surprised they let him come out, you know, and then had to come back out for a match with uh, Drew McIntyre. But yeah. it, it was the way to go, to, to beat him down, pin him, mm-hmm. and him, put the foot on him and stuff. It was it was the way to go. I yeah. like the way they did it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much what we said all along. I mean, that's, yeah. real, that's what it was. Um, next match, Ruby Rye versus Daddy. Um, mm-hmm. I 
just, you know, this is the old school of me. And I realized, I'll tell you, I, I remember tonight the exact moment when I realized it. You know, me with the old school. You know, the more Natty is paying tribute to her father, old school, she ain't winning shit. You know, yeah. and Ruby Riot, you know, could use the nice high-profile win, you know, yeah. even though it's against Natty at TLC. But still, I mean, she is the up-and-comer. Natty is the veteran. Natty is, you know, supposed to start, you know, doing the favors for some others and elevate them as well. And my whole thinking going into this match is she's shedding legitimate tears, you know, but... Yes, those legitimate tears should have been why Ruby Riot won even more because, you know, despite Natty putting all her heart and dedication and love and, and remembrance of her father and she failed, it makes Ruby Riot look even more of the bad guy. Right. And that's how I felt through the whole match. And when Natty took the table out with the with the fat head of Ruby Riot on it and she looked up in the air I said to myself I swear on my mother I looked up I she looked up in the air and I said to myself ah shit she's winning this fucking match because WWE has the pussy out and now it's more about feel good moments than anything else yeah, and I said it's not really a feel-good moment. They could say it was, but I don't think it was a feel-good moment. And the jacket was too big on Natty, and it was getting in the way. It was uh, it was getting in the way of uh, Ruby getting up there for uh, Hurricane Rada, which didn't happen. Then turned into uh, you know dropping her uh, the power bomb, you know, the, the power bomb through the table. Uh, Ruby needed to win more. I thought they should have put Ruby over. You know, um, Natty didn't need the win. Natty's on her way down. Ruby's on the way up. And you're right, the pain. And, and again, and I meant this, and I said it's not a slight because I'm a big Hart Foundation fan. Uh, half the crowd didn't even know who that man was on the table. They or like, who, who was that? Natty's dad. What was he? What did he do? Like, yeah, 25 years ago, he was a tag team champion. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, it, it was. He's not that kind of epic figure to a lot of wrestling fans. I think a lot of the new generation. Uh, are indifferent not because they're mean and don't care that he died but I, they don't they're not invested dt i don't think they're invested right. there's no connection you know, there's no connection they're not invested that's not the disrespect that you're not and by the way p.s we have so many goddamn wrestlers who die on a regular basis the fans have become kind of indifferent just by means of coping because they're used to wrestlers dying constantly yeah so that, that's another thing you know this is the, imagine major league baseball you had 67 wrestler uh baseball players die in 11 years I mean, come on. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Natty, they like her, but she's not, she's over to a degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? To a degree. You know, when Michael Cole says, oh, the legacy of Jim the Anvil Neidhart you know, remains yeah. alive. I'm saying to myself, if his legacy was so important, why the fuck did you shun him for 12, 13 years? Yeah, why is the Hot Foundation <laughs> not in the Hall of Fame? Exactly. I mean, they just shunned him. I mean, you would have never even. They did shun him. They did shun him. I, I mean, I, I I wonder how many people will really take a step back and think about it. You think of Natty's career, I think, and let's be honest, let's be honest. You mm -hmm. think of Natty's career. She talked about her Uncle Brett 10 times more mm -hmm. than she talked about her own father when she cut promos. That's not her decision. That is WWE's decision. All right, if you actually follow Natty's career, again, she would cut promos, and whenever she talked about the Hart family, she always, my Uncle Brett, my Uncle Brett. My or Uncle Owen, Brett. or Owen. Or Owen, yes, or Owen yeah. also. I mean, yeah. how many times over the years did you ever hear her say the name Nightheart? 
Not till uh, Total Divas. Yeah, and especially not until after he died. Yeah, and, and again, um, you know, he, they could have put him in the hall. And, and I remember an episode we did on DTKC years ago, DT, where one of our lead stories, one of the main stories was uh, Jim Nidhart breaking into a house in Florida to get prescriptions from a neighbor. Sure. And then, remember yeah. that story? So, I mean, yeah, so that's what WWE distanced themselves. I remember you even saying WWE definitely going to distance, despite Natty being in the company, they are going to distance themselves from our dad on stuff like this. And you're, and you're right, and I think for the longest time they did. He might have cleaned up his act last few years and thought it was kind of cute to have him on Total Divas with the wife because they moved to Florida and have him interact with Natty. But again, I just don't think the fans were invested in it. Even if you watch Total Divas, you know, he's a man in his mid-60s who hasn't wrestled in 25 years. How how much of a connection are modern wrestling fans supposed to have to him? Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next match. Well, actually, before that, we had a promo of Lars Sullivan coming in. They need to drop the Sullivan completely. Just you call so? Lars. Yeah. yeah, Lars sounds like a fucking Roman god. You know, you know what I mean? Like Viking, you, Viking. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like a horror film. Lars, yeah. Lars. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Lars? Holy yeah. shit! Lars is coming out in movie theaters. That fuck. It sounds like you know evil. Just call him Lars. Get rid of the fucking Sullivan, please. WWE, please. If you someone here, get rid of the Sullivan part. Just call him Lars. I can picture it. If he gets over with the crowd, you can hear Lars. 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 You're not going to hear hear Sullivan. And also, remember, DT, they did it. You know, we we seem to forget Elias came in as Elias Sampson for the first six months. And Cesaro came in as Antonio Cesaro. They've done that a lot (laughs) with a lot of people in recent years. A lot. Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. A lot. I'm telling you, a lot of. If people take a step back and actually look at the roster for the last 10 years, there's at least 20 wrestlers who they started with two names and then changed to one. And that may not sound like a big deal to you, but go back from like the Attitude Era backwards and try to come up with even 10 names. I don't even think you could. You're right, dude. Yeah. Uh, Next was Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Ray Ray gets the win. You know, Orton's been basically making him his bitch for the longest time. Oh, God. Yeah, he needed that win desperately. Yeah, it was a good match, but again, you know, it just... Didn't have that pay-per-view feel to it. I mean, you know, it's, nah. it's nice to see Ray back, and he is definitely a plus for the WWE, but it almost feels like, you know, all right, you know, we have a restaurant, we have a couple mm. of decent dishes, but we have to add an extra ingredient just to really make the place look a little bit better than what it actually is. Yeah, I you agree. know, it just... Something just seems to be missing, but it was nice to see Ray get his win back, and uh, you know we'll see where it goes from here. Yep. Next, we had Ronda Rousey um, retaining the Royal Women's Championship over Nia Jax. I tell you, shout out to all our patrons who took part in the pay per view predictions challenge. Mm-hmm. Not one person predicted Nia Jax would win. Not one. Not ah. one. Good moves. Yeah, I mean, Ronda Rousey, for everyone out there, if you could bet Vegas or if you're in a contest and you, you know, could assign, like, confidence points, if you're going to ever assign the highest number of points to anyone, period, you choose Ronda Rousey. Because from now until WrestleMania, even if she does happen to lose somewhere, how many matches do you think she's going to lose? One, two... So she's pretty much a lock right now. Remain undefeated, and we'll see where it goes. But uh, the match—I tell you, 
I said it earlier this year. The, the first match that they had was Nia Jax's best match in her career on the main and this might have been a, And this might have been a second best match. I actually tweeted out so far that was my at the mo, at that time of the card. That was my favorite match of the night. I thought Nia Jax did more than the usual basic big woman moves. She actually invested herself in the match. Um, I like the finish. I liked when uh, Ronda kissed her fist and then put the move on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamina serves no purpose out no. there. It's so ridiculous. For people that asked me tonight, why was Tamina at ringside? My, uh, an- my answer was because if she wasn't at ringside, you'd have a ton of people say, why wasn't Tamina at ringside? Right. I mean, that's really it. I mean, she she's there and... Uh, She's, she's a big, there. <laughs> she's she's a big woman. She's got a little, you know. She's got ability. There's no doubt about it. But I honestly, I really can never recall a time where she was tremendously over with the crowd. She gets yeah. no reaction when her music hits, you know. And this is after her father died. You know, I'm sorry when when her father died. I mean, I know there was a lot of controversy, but I remember a lot of fans giving the proverbial Kleenex. Like showing like love and support for her. I honestly don't even remember a lot of websites saying, you know, our thoughts or prayers with Tamina and Deuce yeah. or Domino, whatever the fuck it was. I just, I remember just people saying, wow, you think WWE's going to celebrate his career after what he fucking did to Nancy Argentino and shit like that? I mean, I don't remember much sympathy. And I also, I don't remember much storylines or matches where, you know, any fathead of snooker was on a table or anything like that. They just, it was. You know, it just they. She, I, I, I don't know why she's on the roster. No, I don't. But again, the, the match, right? If it goes down, if Nia retired tomorrow, her two best matches were the Ronda Rousey in her career. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. that says a lot to Ronda Rousey, also. Yeah, it does. She's two year rookie. I think no one, one person might have brought that up tonight on Twitter, but uh, a lot of people don't bring that up that she's having a best man. Nia is not that much more experienced, though. Someone, I believe, and I loved when you said it, DT. Claimed that Ember Moon was influenced by Nia Jax. Wait, wait. What, what two-year rookie thing? Nia Jax, you mean? No, no. Ronda's a two-year rookie and carrying Nia, Ma- Nia Jax, who's maybe a four-year inexperience. Ronda just uh, started training like around this time even, last year. She's not yeah. even a year. Oh, excuse me. Not even a year. But uh, as you know, the seasoned veteran Nia Jax, when Ember Moon was growing up, admired Nia Jax. Yeah. I mean, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I know. Ronda, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey. Is really impressed, and t- natural natural ability that you just don't you know you just don't have with just anybody. Yeah, yeah natural ability, and you know, kind of felt bad for her the last time around with Charlotte because she really fucking you know took it. I mean, she really paid her dues and you know getting that beat down, and the crowd you know just was you know so like uh, just so blood hungry. They just wanted to see her get her ass kicked 10 times more. And uh, it's going to be interesting because Ronda Rousey is over with the fans. But as you saw tonight, she's not when you put her up against Becky right now. And um, we'll get to that a little bit. I know we discussed a lot of the women's match already, but we'll get we'll get back to yeah, that in a moment. Yeah. Uh, first two other matches. Um, by the way, for those who did participate in the predictions contest on Patreon, the match time for Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax was 10 minutes, 49 seconds. I actually timed it myself. Okay. Um, I will uh, compute all the scores tonight 
after we're done with this, and we should be able to announce a winner tomorrow. We might even be able to announce the winner of the holiday contest as well. So good luck to everyone. And one request to our great patrons out there who take part in these contests, I need a very special favor from all of you. When you post your predictions, please just stick to the wrestlers' names you know, I, I I mean, I don't remember exactly what the bar did the other day. Like they were impersonating Vanilla Ice, you know, and people are, when they're writing their predictions, they're writing duh, bar, DA, and they're writing this other stuff. When I have to calculate people's scores and I'm going through, you know, let's say there's 100, 100 entries, just for example, and there's 12 matches or even 11 matches. I have to go check every single match from every single entry to see if your prediction was right. That's mm-hmm. over a thousand matches that I have to check on these contests. So it's easier for me to type in the search box, <coughs> Uso, and anybody that chose Uso, I know got it wrong. I could highlight it and move on. But when people are misspelling it and getting cutesy with the names and stuff like that, then sometimes your entry is not going to pop up. And then we have to double check it and triple check it, and then it takes extra time. So just when you write your predictions, just put the person's name, you know, just spell it, keep it to the point, because it just makes it so much easier when it comes to tallying it. And trust me, Don Tony. It's right now midnight. I have to get up at 6. By the time I get all this stuff done tonight, it's going to be about 3, 3.30 in the morning. My girl is inside. You know, she gets to work an hour before me. So, you know, it'll help me a great deal. So, But anyway, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. I tell you, this was my favorite match of the night. Good match, too. Yeah, absolutely great match. Told a great story. And this is what fans want with AJ Styles. They don't want methodical, going extra fucking slow. Uh, They want to see moves. They want to see storytelling. But the storytelling they want, they want to see it in near falls. They want to see spots. They want to see moves and counter moves. They don't want just people methodically looking at each other and beating and stopping. And it's just, and when we get to Ambrose and Rollins, that's, that's where we're leading with that. But, Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles, if you see how Daniel Bryan got the win, didn't use his finisher, roll up. AJ, right, Styles, yeah. AJ Styles tried to roll up Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan reversed it, got the three. That's old school. It is. Yeah. And I mean, they, 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 met, they complement each other very well, not just from size, but style. they're two top guys of their craft who actually deliver the dream match scenario that, that, that's on paper, unlike, unfortunately, Nakamura and AJ. They might have did it in New Japan, but in WWE, quite honestly, it was a snooze fest. Daniel Bryan and AJ match up much better. Yeah. And um, did they break any tables tonight? Did they use no, any they, chairs no, they tonight? Have, no, they, they didn't have to. They didn't the, have to. The finish was basic, as you just said, and it was still great. Yeah, it's because they worked hard. They told a story. And, yes, you could tell a story being methodical and not liking your opponent having heat with each other. But the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, I mean, Daniel Bryan turned heel, you know, the shot in the balls, you know, Daniel Bryan's current attitude. You said it on Castle Chronicles mission. I said it on breakfast soup. We said it on the regular shows. We are really enjoying Daniel Bryan's turn right now because it was the right time to do it. It fit. 
It made sense. You know, fans are not thrilled with Bree Bella right now. And and notice everyone, you know, and Bree was botching like a motherfucker. Has she competed since? No. Nikki Bella, gone. You know, it's yep. like came back for evolution, got their spot, gone. You think that fucking, I mean, for girls and for people who really are inspired by the Bellas, no, you you continue feeling the way you are towards them in a positive way, and I respect it. But yeah. as wrestling fans go, they notice that. They're gone. And Brie Bell is not, you know, the, the biggest fan right now amongst, you know, wrestling fans. Then She's not well-liked, not impersonal, but Daniel yeah. Bryan is a husband. And Daniel Bryan, you know, basically stuck up for online, which he's supposed to do as a good husband. But some of the excuses he made were kind of, you know, would have been better if he just kept quiet. Then he didn't go to Saudi Arabia, which a lot of people respected. But his turn just fit well. And he he is basically taking his personality and upping it times 100. It's true, yeah, and, and and he's getting booed. He's being treated like a heel. He's not trendy over where the fans are rebelling against it now and liking him. He was booed. He was he was booed like he was supposed to be. Crowd loved you know, him. It was, it, you know, the crowd the crowd liked him, but it wasn't that kind of you know Daniel Bryan. They were booing. Him. He was healing it up, and he's doing a good role as a heel. So wanna, uh, I like I like it. You want you want to know why the crowd loved? It? I'll give you a great example. You know, he's doing the yes kicks, and the fans are going no. No, right, no, exactly. he's the doing the kicks. And when he does the final kick and he winds up, all right, now if the fans really were just not digging him and they can't stand him and he's a heel and he's got Corbin heat, they would just fucking boo it. But no. what did they do? Now, again, AJ Styles is the big giant baby face right now. And when he was winding up to do that final kick, the fans went, oh, no. You know, so they were having fun. Oh, yeah, they were having fun with him, but they realize that he's a heel, and they're not trying to take a, turn him into a trendy baby face. No, no. They, they, they're having fun with him as a heel, pissing him off and making him mad, almost like they did to uh, when Kurt Angle was a heel, and they would yeah. do things to, to cheer, and Kurt Angle would tell everyone to shut, shut up and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun interaction with a heel. We'll it's, that way. it's the opposite of what was happening to Becky Lynch, yep. but even though it was the opposite, how WWE allowed Daniel Bryan to be this heel is what they should have done with Becky Lynch six weeks ago. When Becky Lynch was first going at it with Charlotte and they forced Becky Lynch to turn on the fans and, you know, none of you care to snatch, you could see it was being forced. Again, I always bring up Braun Strowman from a couple of years ago. Braun Strowman feuding with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was the babyface. And Braun Strowman was getting a lot of momentum as a babyface as well. And unfortunately, the scales were were in the favor of Roman Reigns. And what happened? Braun Strowman, out of nowhere, goes on Raw and says, just like all of you, I hate Roman Reigns. It's like, okay, why why is WWE purposely taking the shots at fans? Let it be organic. Yeah. And they forced a direction, and it didn't work at the time. It really didn't. No. You know, and it didn't work with Becky Lynch six weeks ago, and now they're allowing the Becky Lynch character to go in the direction that it, it needs to go, but it's doing it organically. Right. Daniel Bryan, they did that from the start, and the fans are into it. And I just, sure. I enjoyed the match tonight. 
kind of little disappointed we didn't see any Samoa Joe or not saying I necessarily needed to see a run in, but you know, I wanted to see maybe, you know, an appearance by him or something. You know, it just felt like something was lacking a little bit. But uh, it was my favorite match of the night, and it, and it, it remained my favorite match after the pay-per-view as well. Okay. But first, we had Ambrose versus Rollins. We talked about it at the beginning of the recap. Um, it didn't click. It didn't work. The fans didn't like it. They were yep. chanting, this is boring, and they just... It was not good. And again, I know I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again now. About three or four weeks ago, I remember coming on to the DTKC show because the clips are on YouTube, and I had said that this storyline has been really fucking lackluster so far. Yeah, it you has know, been. It had been, yeah. Yeah, for two guys, you know, like Seth wanted an explanation. Dean Ambrose never gave one. Nope. They waited three or four weeks, and then all of a sudden... Uh, I'm wearing a gas mask because you're vermin. It's like... Um, oh, it was, it was a stench for the fans. Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> it was just dumb. So I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. his reasoning didn't really feel... It felt like they took... that Instead of taking a round peg and putting it in a round hole and keeping it simple and basic, and yes, we didn't expect Roman Reigns to suddenly take off, you know, have to retire temporarily, hopefully, but, you know, you still, you know, you still have the round peg, and you still have the round hole, all right, so you still go that route, and it's all of a sudden, it's like, all right, we're not going to put the round peg in a round hole yet, maybe we could try to shove it in with a square peg, and or maybe one that's oblong or you know, you know what I'm saying like you're trying they have a square peg in a square hole and they think oh maybe if we do a little horizontal we'll be able to right. squeeze it in anyway so three weeks we'll do nothing but recorded vignettes you know just to make sure the character is exactly the way it needs to be and make sure the segments are, are not flawed in any way shape or form but then you have three weeks where there's no explanation given no run-ins, no showing up at pay-per-views, no interfering in sets, matches. And it's like, where is the heat going to come from? Oh, he mentioned Roman Reigns' leukemia. I'm sorry, that didn't want me to see Seth Rollins. I don't think fans gave a fuck about Seth Rollins kicking his ass because there was really no heat there. All right, yeah, sure. You know, Seth Rollins for the last month, he's fighting Dolph Ziggler. He's fighting Drew McIntyre. He's fighting Baron Corbin. And yeah, we had Dean Ambrose in the background doing his vignettes and everything. But there was no like, Dean Ambrose never turned Seth Rollins' life upside down. Yeah, it just it just didn't click. Again, it's one of those things where it looks good on paper the way um, AJ versus Daniel Bryan looks good on paper, but that delivered, and they had a connect. They had, and it's funny they're not even. Again, you think these guys who used to be partners in this, you know, if they go against each other, who would win? And it just, you're right, it didn't click. The fans were cheering everything, even some smattering of Becky chants, and that is the ultimate probably insult to two guys who have. Try you know in a lot of ways carried this company the last few years along with Roman Reigns and whatever uh, as top guys uh, individually and as the Shield 
And to get other wrestlers' names chanted during their match, that's the ultimate slap in the face. I mean, because fans were disinterested. I mean, there was really – and that, by the way, DT, did you notice tonight Renee actually spoke to her husband mm. and he vented to her about how he felt he was treated when last week she didn't really talk to him. Yeah. Do you think taking this belt off of Rollins opens up the possibility of him winning the Royal Rumble to take on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? I hope not. Uh, listen, dude, uh, he's coming off a, a shitty reaction tonight. The worst uh, uh, final hour in Raw history. Lowest ratings last week with him and Baron Corbin. Do we put all the heat on Corbin, or is Rollins not that popular? What's 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 the what's the verdict on that, DT? I think Rollins is still extremely popular. It just mm-hmm. he needs the right storyline to be in. He yeah. he went toe to toe with um, Dolph Ziggler and it was wonderful. You know, he had matches against others and had great matches. And, you know, fans were into it for a whole hour, half an hour, whatever it was. Um, I tell you, and I mentioned this on Breakfast Soup last week, um, him coming out of nowhere to make remarks about Brock Lesnar, I think is to plant the seed that Seth Rollins may, may possibly be taking on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like Seth Rollins, but... I don't know if I see him as a top guy. I mean, I'm again, maybe I'm just asking too much of top guys. I'm too old school for my own good, or maybe I'm even looking for someone to be that CM Punk in his prime uh, pipe bomber. Yeah. And there just there just isn't. And maybe I should just accept it. Maybe others should just accept. We just don't have that guy. And maybe maybe it's Matt Riddle. Who knows? Maybe it's somebody. But right now we don't have him. If Seth Rollins is the best we, and I'm saying we as WWE fans have. Then, you know, great. Okay. But I, I kind of wish we had somebody who was a bigger deal. And notice how I didn't say universal title. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't have to be Brock versus Rollins for the universal title. I mean, it could be, you know, the title could be on Braun Strowman by that point. Right. Maybe they'll go Rollins versus Braun Strowman. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I think Rollins, you know... Maybe they're trying to open up the opportunity that he has one of the main events and goes for a world title. But, you know, obviously things are going to be shaken up tomorrow and Raw. And by the time a lot of you hear this, Raw would have come and gone. So we will already know who ends up, you know, where. I just, exactly. I just hope that my original scenario ends up happening. Sasha and Bailey are doing gots on Raw Put them on SmackDown, four horse women reuniting, and you know let them claim themselves as the four horse women. That'll piss off Ronda Rousey. She'll start claiming her as the four horse women, and maybe you have a four on four at Mania. You know Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey has improved. See, this is this is the and then we'll we'll end with this. You know the main event as we already discussed. Oscar won the women's title. Um. Ronda Rousey has improved so much that Ronda Rousey having a singles match at WrestleMania is very well accepted. Yeah. You know, it's not a problem. Like it is, you know, we, when she first came in, you know, there was a lot of unknown. Then it seemed like she's a little reckless in the ring or, you know, she's just throwing people around and, you know, it's it's up to those people to make sure that they land the right way and stuff like that. Now it seems like she's got presence in there. Like she yeah. could actually, you know, be able to lead in a couple of areas. So Ronda Rousey having a single match of mania, I like it. It's not I'm out of the question, but maybe, maybe you do the four on four. I agree. I agree. 
So, but yeah. what did you think of the women's match as a whole? Because I'll tell you, some of the dives through the tables, you know, if you looked, Becky Lynch launched herself a couple inches too much, landed on Charlotte's midsection. Yeah. Charlotte yeah. did her, you know, her dive into the table, and she actually almost, you know, landed in Becky's face. Like, you could see, in a, in, and in, here's another one. When Oscar threw Charlotte into the table in the corner, it seemed like Charlotte's head was a little lower than it should have been, and she got a, a nice, uh, the, the bottom of the table, you know, there was, there was a, not as much, let me put it like this. If she would have hit more towards the center, the yeah. center is not where the legs are. And when you put somebody through a table, you want to go through the center because that's the weakest part of the table. The The strongest parts of the table is the lower part and the top part of the table. And her head was put through the lower part of the table. And yes, yeah. we used to see Rhino gore people through tables and corners, and we've seen other spots like that. Dudley's. You know, yeah. yeah, Dudley's as well. I'm not saying that Charlotte got injured or anything like that, but I'm saying like if you really pay attention to some of the moves tonight, you know, these women, they are extremely fucking talented. But it's not their norm that they've been in many ladder matches, many tables matches. And just a couple of inches here or there could cause serious injury. And, you know, I'm hoping everybody escaped injury tonight, but there were a couple of points that you looked at and you're like, wow, another inch or two, there might have been, you know, some serious injury to somebody. Well, I think that, you know, the best word to say is perhaps overzealous because they wanted to put on such a memorable match. Sure. And they were in the main event, and they wanted to show the girls can do it as much as the boys can, and blah, 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 um, and wanted it to be epic. And those three are the three top women in their fields, not just in, in my opinion, the WWE, I think possibly in the world. Right. I mean, you could talk about Shirai and, and uh, this one and that one, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, they're all great. But I think those three, would you say, DT, you want, without, you know, I have to use the word elite, uh, are the elite of the best of the best in the business for the women, wouldn't you say? Well, I'll put it like this. Mm -hmm. I'll use your baseball reference. In okay. baseball, you will have some hitters that'll hit 350, but they may not be great in the field. Or right. you may have a baseball player who will hit 40 home runs and bat 320, but they're not fast. There are very few baseball players that have all five tools. And, you know, those women, Charlotte, Oscar, Becky Lynch, they have uh, just about all of those tools, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. where, you know, you really don't see them lacking all too much in, in different areas. You know, Asuka, obviously, she's not strong on the mic, but, you know, when she did the promo with Miz at the Mixed Match Challenge and, you know, Miz is basically saying some things, thinking that she doesn't understand it and she chops him in the chest. Yeah, that's yeah. where that works. You know, there's ways for it to work where she doesn't have to speak, but... I thought that they put on a great performance. I actually had no problem with them main eventing tonight. You know, I go back to when we were young and we used to go to garden shows and the main event would happen halfway through the show. Yeah, that's true. You would have a midgets match or a tag team match or a six-man tag, and that would be until curfew or until, you know, the event was over. Uh, of course, that's not the way it is anymore, but, you know, this is going to set up Ronda Rousey against Becky and possibly Charlotte as well. Oscar has no complaints. Oscar won the match.
It's true, yeah. She you has know, no complaints. She has no complaints. And I was happy for her, too. It was, it was so, a nice moment. So I, I thought the pay-per-view was good. I just, I felt 12 matches was overkill. Yeah. Um. You know, we said that some of these matches would be short. And, you know, obviously Corbin versus Braun really was short. But at the same time, though, the pay-per-view started, I believe, at 7. If I, I wasn't looking at the clock, but it started at 7. It ended almost at 11. So, yeah, you could have 10 matches. Yeah, four hours. You better, you know, you better be able to fit 10 matches in four hours. It's no longer the two-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view. It's true. No, I mean... Again, uh, you know, these pay-per-views are not the big four or anything. I mean, they're they're notable. They're up there. Some some people say they're their favorites because they're the gimmick. Like, well, it's Hell in a Cell or Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. It's not my particular favorite uh, pay-per-view. I think, you know, we always do our, you know, scale one to ten. I would give it, uh, I'm going to go with a seven. Yeah, I'd go with seven, too. Yeah. And think about it. My favorite match of the night involves no tables, ladders, or chairs. Yeah, it's true, and you, you are correct about that. And and would you say top three matches, DT, not just your favorites, but just in general, would you say general public, uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, the main event with the, the triple threat, and uh, Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, top yeah, three? Easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. You know, Ruby Riot and Natty worked hard. Corbin and Braun were exactly what we thought it would be. Usos mm -hmm. versus Bar versus New Day just felt like it was a SmackDown match. Uh, mixed match challenge, you know, it was what it was. Uh, Elias versus Lashley, to me, was a disappointment. Cedric versus Buddy Murphy was a nice pre-show, but nothing more than that. Ray versus Orton was fun, but, you know, this far into their career, like, you would think... You know, Randy Orton is twisting his fucking, you know, his mask and trying to reveal his face and embarrassing his career. And he he wails him in the neck and there's all this shit going on. It just didn't feel like there was that much heat in that match, but it was still fun. Yeah. Um, Ronda versus Nia. Again, they really work well. I hope WWE would consider allowing that to go a little bit longer. But unfortunately, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble gets in the way. So, you know, I think this is going to go on the back burner. I just hope we don't get Nia versus Tamina in a feud. That, I think, would suck. I think. It well, would that was, that, I'm sorry, that was my next thing. Where do they go from here with Nia if they're, you know, there's the rumors, and it's kind of died down, DT. No one talks about it. Is there going to be women's tag team championship belts? Yeah, I think so. It, they so maybe it. they could still make them tag team champions. They sure can. I yeah, think, you know what I think is going to happen? I think um, some, you know, we, we have to see what WWE does with the with the women. And the reason why I say it like that is this. If they decide they want to go Becky versus Ronda and just push, start planting the seeds for that, then that doesn't put Sasha and Bayley in the four horse women storyline. So then how do you, you know, uh, how do you, basically help fix the fact that they're not on pay-per-views. There's no momentum whatsoever. It feels like they're in fucking quicksand for the last six months. Well, you do a tag team tournament yeah. and they go either to the belts or very, very close to the finals. And that's their storyline for the next two, three months. So that's how you fix them. Yeah. Um, teams like Iconics and stuff like that, WWE tried as hard as they could. I don't think they're ever going to go any further 
has nothing to do with their look or anything like that. You know, just they to me, they just aren't clicking. They're just annoying. Yeah, they are just. That's exactly what they are. Just annoying. They're just annoying. I mean, un- unfortunately for them, being annoying is not enough in wrestling. No, it is not. So, well, we'll see what happens. You know, some of our questions may be answered. You know, less than twenty four hours from now, but. This was your TLC pay-per-view recap. Actually went a little longer than than normal, but at least we don't have to discuss this on Monday's DTKC show. So we'll actually probably finish a little early on Monday, which will be a good thing. There you go. Especially that it will be right before Christmas, and we have to figure out what we're going to do for the December 24th show. I guess maybe we'll do an episode next Sunday. I believe Raw will be taped already. Yeah, so, we should do that. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, so we'll we'll likely we'll announce it on Monday's DTKC show, but more than likely, uh, the twenty fourth of December's DTKC will be released at its normal time, but it will be pre recorded since it will be Christmas Eve. I will not be home for uh, several days. Well, me, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be away. So yeah, actually, I just decided today I'm doing something. Yeah, and then the following <clears throat> week is New Year's Eve, and I certainly don't want to be. Uh, at midnight, you know, <laughs> dropping the ball, and here we are doing a DTK. So that week will probably be pre-recorded as well, or maybe we'll just take a, a day off. We'll see. Or maybe we can do a pre-record and maybe kill two birds with one stone, and I'll I'll do maybe an hour of Dark Chronicles with Trez for the Patreons. Uh, she's down to do a pre-record uh, that Sunday before as well. I already spoke to her about that. So let's bear with us well, the next two weeks. I thought of an idea I was going to tell you off the show. Okay, well, yeah, you can tell me the ideas off the show. But basically for our main our mainstream shows. Yeah, we'll announce it next, all on Monday. Yeah, for the next two weeks, just bear with us. That There'll be shows. It's just probably be Yeah, someone's going to be pre-recorded. It's holidays. And you know what? <laughs> I know a lot of people out there will be spending in the holidays with their significant others so course, yeah. you know we're going to be doing the same so yep okay. all right kev i will uh talk to you tomorrow for the dtkc show yes sir okay all right. take it easy Peace. later Peace. all right everyone i hope you enjoyed this recap of tlc follow me on twitter at don tony d for those who have asked kev's twitter handle is at kev z castle if you think of zeus Remember Zeus Z Gangster? It's Kev Z Castle. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. For those asking about Pandora, we're supposed to be on there any day. I had someone email me on Friday telling me that there are over 900 episodes of what we have done in the past that have to go up there. Um, and keep in mind, it's not just DTKC show. There's other content PM put up there as well. So because our, the library that we're putting up there is so large that it's taking a little bit extra time. But any day now, we will be on Pandora, and we will also have a big announcement in January where we will be featured next. And uh, that's pretty much it. So... Let us know what you thought about the pay-per-view as well. You could tweet us. You could post a comment on our Facebook page. Remember, we have a Reddit now. I have not been on there over the last week because there's so many other things going on here. Work, relationships, holidays, Christmas, you know, the shows, working on the possibility of uh, launching a political show, which I have been asked quite a bit from some very powerful people. So they're making me an offer that I'm having a hard time refusing so that is in the works not sure if it's gonna pan out but that's something that's been pretty much absorbing some of my time as well 
And we also have this week in wrestling history and everything else. So, but uh, thank you as always for the support. If you can consider our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony, sign up for five bucks. There is probably a thousand hours of Patreon exclusive content there that you can't hear anywhere else. And that five bucks, if a whole bunch of you signed up, you'd be surprised how far that would go. It would take care of a lot of our expenses because, you know, keeping these shows free for everyone is not easy. God bless all our patrons who uh, really are supportive of what we do. They are truly the stockholders of all of what we do, and they influence the content on these shows more than you can imagine. And there's no reason why you can't be a part of it as well. And as I always say, sign up there. If you don't like it, you're not happy, send me a private message. I will be more than happy to refund your money. No questions asked. So, all right, everyone, take care, be well, and uh, I will talk to you all again on the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Take care, everyone. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Miracuzzi. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.